0: Hola, and welcome to Spanish Answers, a podcast that gives you unas llavitas claves as you unlock your Spanish language adventure. I'm your host, Sarah, with Language Answers, and today in episode 68, are you ready to go over some more false friends in Spanish? So we have seven more words to help you avoid any embarrassing blunders or miscommunications. And on top of that, in our cultural tip today, we'll highlight three unique festivals in Chile. So let's go ahead and get started. First off, I am so sorry that this episode is so late. I had planned to get everything done before we had guest visit, but then my poor daughter got sick, and those plans just went out the window. Thankfully, she is feeling much better now, and we were able to still have a blessed time with family and. Lord willing, my next episode should be on time. So thank you all so much for your patience and your understanding. Now, let's go ahead and talk about seven more Spanish false friends. Now, if you don't remember what a cognate or a false cognate are, then check out my last episode on Spanish false friends in episode 45. Otherwise, let's jump right into these seven new words. The first one is asistir. Asistir. Now, this does not mean to help or to assist, as you might assume, but rather to attend. For example, Asistí a la conferencia el mes pasado. I attended the conference last month. Asistí a la conferencia el mes pasado. I attended the conference last month. In Spanish, you would use ayudar for help unless you are asking to be rescued. Then it's socorrer. Number two, suavemente, suavemente. No, this adverb does not mean to do something suavely, but rather to do something gently. For example, ella acarició suavemente al gato. She gently petted the cat. Ella acarició suavemente al gato. She gently petted the cat. So, to do something suavely in Spanish is to do something de forma encantadora. De forma encantadora. The third word is travesía. Travesía. And this word means journey, not travesty. For example, Frodo emprendió una larga travesía. Frodo went on a long journey. Frodo emprendió una larga travesía. Frodo went on a long journey. To talk about something being a travesty, as we know it in English, you would call it una parodia, Una parodia. Number four. Un delito. Un delito. This word is not the equivalent of English's delight, but rather crime. For example, había cometido dieciséis delitos en tres días. He had committed 16 crimes in three days. Había cometido 16 delitos en tres días. He had committed 16 crimes in three days. If you wanted to say something was a delight, you would use un placer or un deleite. Un deleite or un placer. Number five, constipado. Constipado. No, this is not constipated. It's actually a noun for the common cold. For example, no puedo jugar hoy porque tengo un constipado. I can't play today because I have a cold. No puedo jugar hoy porque tengo un constipado. I can't play today because I have a cold. If you want to tell someone you are constipated, you use estreñido or estreñida. Number six, and possibly one of my favorite words that I've just learned, bizarro or bizarra. This adjective means brave, gallant, or valiant, but it does not mean bizarre. So if you use it as a noun, la bizarro, it means metal or bravery. You might also see la pizarria, which can mean either lavishness, opulence, or even generosity. For example, ese perro es increíblemente bizarro. That dog is amazingly brave. Ese perro es increíblemente bizarro. That dog is amazingly brave. Now, if you want to call something bizarre, you could use extraño, extraña, or estrambótico, estrombótica. And finally, number seven, nudo. This noun means not or climax, like the climax of a play or a book. It can also mean lump. Interestingly, nudoso or nudosa which can also be pronounced or written nudoso, nudosa, with that N with the squiggly line over it, the tilde. That word means knotty or gnarled. So nudo does not mean nude. For example, esta cuerda tiene muchos nudos. This rope has a lot of knots. Esta cuerda tiene muchos nudos. This rope has a lot of knots. If you want to say that someone is naked, you would use desnudo or desnuda. And that's all for our list today. If you want to learn even more false friends, check out the articles I've included in the blog or in the show notes from FluentU, Real Fast Spanish, and Lawless Spanish. And in their list for Lawless Spanish, they provide a huge alphabetized list. It's fantastic. If you want to try your hand at a few resources in Spanish, I've also included lists from Babbel and Verbly. So let's begin our cultural tip today regarding Chile's unique traditions. They have a lot of cool and unique traditions, but today we'll focus on three really interesting festivals. The first is La Fiesta de la Tirana. Now, this annual festival takes place in mid-July, lasting for 10 days, in the town La Tirana in northwestern Chile in the Tirapaca region, close to the Atlantic Ocean. While the tiny town of La Tirana only has about 1500 occupants, La Fiesta de La Tirana is one of Chile's largest religious festivals that brings in about 250,000 visitors. As part of the area's means of handling this large influx, no alcohol is allowed during the celebrations. Now, the actual festival celebrates Chile's patron saint, the Virgen del Carmen, or the Virgin Mary, with visitors making promises and thanksgiving while also seeking the Virgin's Yet the festival also commemorates La Tirana, an Incan princess called the Tyrant, due to her brutality towards Europeans and Christians in her territory. Her name was Nusta Huillac, although I suspect this is the Spanish version of her name, not positive, or Huillac Humu. And again, I apologize if I butchered that, but her people loved her, for she managed to keep them from being conquered by the Spanish when they came to the area in 1540 A.D. But then she fell in love with one of her Spanish captives, a man named Almeida, and decided she wanted to marry him and convert to Christianity. This was seen as an act of treachery by her people, so they killed both lovers. Then, around 1650, a hermitage was built next to a grave, and then later in the 18th century, a small town and church. Beginning July 11th through July 14th, about 200 dance groups dance before the Bergin statue in her temple. Each group gets 20 minutes to dance in front of the statue, although prior to that, they dance at the town's entrance plaza in front of the Calvary Cross statue, or the Cruz del Calvario, where they are welcomed and blessed by a priest. Then, starting at midnight on July 16th, the groups begin their goodbye dances for the Virgen. Just as with the first dances, the dancing continues at all hours until July 19th, with breaks for mass, of course. Now, once the groups go home, they'll dance one more time at their own city's Fiesta Chica in order to bring back home the joy and religious commitment from La Tirana Festival. To see some of the dances, you can check out the clip I've included in the show notes from Teleclases Chile or from Sernatur Tarapacá. The second festival is La Fiesta de la Vindimia. It's also known as the Grape Harvest Festival, and this celebration highlights Chile's wine culture in central Chile. Krico is in the middle of wine country and so has one of the biggest festivals. They host a religious ceremony to bless the first pulverized grapes, and other activities include a parade, music with important musicians, and even electing a queen. They then weigh her on a large balance with bottles of wine. Why not? There is also a contest between grape stompers, with the team stomping about 20 kilograms of grapes in 10 minutes. Whichever group gets the most juice wins! That sounds like it'd be fun to watch. Anyways, I've also included a link to a video by TV Centro so that you can see what it's all about, as well as hear what Chileans think of this festival. Side note, it's completely in Spanish, so you can practice your Spanish skills as well. Or if you'd rather watch a video in English, the one by Alfredo de la Vignita is a nice and short one. And lastly, the third festival is the Tapati Rapa Nui. This is an important cultural festival for the Rapa Nui of Easter Island. Did you know that Easter Island belonged to Chile? I did not. This festival lasts two weeks in early February, and it highlights traditional dress, dance, songs, and stories. They even select a festival queen based on the most points won between the two competing families. Festival participants are known for their takona, or body paint, which decorates almost completely their bodies, and the symbols mean different things. There are competitions such as swimming, canoeing and reed rafts, horse racing, and surfing. And of course, there is the haka Pai competition. Again, I, saw, I apologize if I am butchering all of this, but this is a traditional sport where you slide down a hill via banana tree trunks. It is a fast competition, and it looks awesome. So if you're curious about this festival, you can see some of the activities in a short video from Mana TV Rapa Nui, or check out the other video by Chile Travel. Well, that's all for today. Thank you so much for listening, and please don't forget to check out the show notes for links to the resources used for this episode. If you'd prefer to read an approximate transcription of today's episode, you can also visit the episode's blog. I would love to help you on your Spanish journey, so if you have any questions about today's episode, or even just on Spanish culture or grammar, you can reach me at contact at languageanswers.com. That's contact at languageanswers.com or visit my website for more information at www.languageanswers.com. I can also be contacted regarding my services for Spanish to English translation, technical writing, editing, and content creation, or even language consultations and tutoring for you or your business. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave me a positive review and don't forget to subscribe. Remember, learning a language is a lifelong journey. Aprovechalo, disfrútalo y compártelo. See you in a little less than two weeks. ¡Hasta luego!